your theme music? Yes. Something yes, is happening. Yay. Hello, people, and welcome to Genesis Avalon, episode four. Yay! Genesis Avalon. And there's Bruce telling you that that's what this episode is. Um, so with this is me, Cat Pride, the person in charge of this crazy train that is Avalon, <laughs> and. Uh, with me today, as episode per four. usual, at, well, the usual TV. as of last episode, uh, is Marley Norton, Hello. who edited for me for the first, like, seven episodes. So, here we start out with episode four. This is one of those few times I actually use a piece of music that is not my normal repertoire, as it were. Because I normally just use all Kevin MacLeod stuff, and this is by Jimmy G, and I love this song. So, random, I know, you guys don't care, I don't know why I'm telling you. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's interesting, especially since it's like a it's like a rock song with like actual lyrics and stuff like yes, that. Yes, actual we, lyrics, yeah. We don't usually hear that in these in the original shows because they're usually copyrighted. Yeah. So yeah. how'd that work out? Did you did you write to the band to get permission or? Um, no, Jimmy G is basically Kevin McLeod has all of his stuff on Incompetech, and then he links you to people who have stuff that they also have that's royalty free. Jimmy G does have some of his stuff that is royalty free and has lyrics, and he's totally okay with you using it. Cool. So I was like, well, that's awesome. I'm going to take advantage of that right now. But um, actually, Chris Britton's the one who told me about the song. Had he not told me, I never would have heard it. So thank you, Chris Britton, for being awesome. So this is another one of those scripts where, like, this first scene, I think, was, like, Jaina in a shopping mall or something, and I totally changed the background again. Because I do that, I guess. I me and my lack of writing what the heck's going on in the background. But this episode's a big one, too. Lots of stuff happens in this episode and in the next one. It's like the first time, you know, first time you actually see Avalon do something that, you know, is epic. Yes, I use the word epic, folks. Get used to it. You use it frequently in these commentaries. I do. I love the word epic. It's sort of my favorite word. Assuage is also one of my favorite words, but I haven't found a reason to use it yet in Avalon. I will, though. I will. I will figure it out somewhere. It will go in there. But, um... Oh, there's you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Um, You should help me pick out some calibration lines, um, because I've been noticing Z's voice goes all over the place. <laughs> Because usually um, I use the audition lines, but then we decide the audition lines weren't actually quite what we wanted, and now right. I have nothing to, like, usually I listen to something right before I record, and I don't really, yeah, so pick out your favorite, most Z-like lines, and okay, those will, I will be my new ones. I will do that for you, Thank yes. You. But it's fantastic. Anyway, I haven't had any problems with you yet, so. Excellent. Good here. Z's pretty much mellowed out since we got her out of the Rasputina phase at the beginning of the show. <laughs> so. So. So, funny story about this character of Belial, mm -hmm. who, you know, he's about to come in and be like, yeah, no, here's the paper, and there's this crazy guy in the news. Um, when I wrote this episode, originally, it was like, I, I'm pretty sure it was Doctor Doom. Like, you know, out I of Marvel. that from, yeah, because um, there's a line in here where she talks about the Marvel Encyclopedia, and that's not actually in the script, so I was like, hmm. I wonder yeah. if that's like an earlier version of the script that that line's from. I think it was in a like a very early version of the script. And with Laura Post, I mean, she has been playing Avalon since day one, so a lot of her lines I have not asked her 
I haven't needed her to re-record, like, until we start, like, episode 8, I think, is when she really... Well, no, episode 5, she had to do a lot of re-recording, because, as we'll talk about in the next episode, there's a lot of revisions that got done to that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um... No, I think he was actually Doctor Doom, because it was... I, yeah, we were talking about the Marvel Encyclopedia. And his powers, a lot of the powers are very similar here. But, um... I mean, the whole thing about it is that it's not an actual villain, so I feel less bad for ripping off of a well-known Marvel character and making it a satire. Because he's really not the same character. That was a really early draft, but... Like, I, I remember looking at it and going... Like, I, when, I was, when I was recording this episode, when I was mixing this episode, I was like, who was Belial when I first wrote... Did I have a character? Or did I just, like, pick him up out of my... You know, out of, out of nowhere, and... The name's cool. I don't remember where I came up with that either. But, um, that's also because I wrote this a long time ago. But, um... Well, aw. isn't it a plot point later that Obsidian actually... Yeah, it's it's a comic book that character. Yeah. He did that on Yeah, purpose. and I think in the... He wasn't feeling very imaginative that day or something. I think so. I think... <laughs> I think Obsidian was like, well, I don't want to go back and have Asara kick my butt again, so I'm just going to send... Somebody else to do my work, <laughs> and I'll just make it up. <laughs> it's actually this uh, this scene right here is where, and this is the first time you hear um, Kristen Bays as Lilith, mm-hmm. which originally Lilith was in like two episodes ago, but um, I cut that scene out because it didn't make sense with the rest of what was going on, um, and I decided to wait and bring her in here, and then she doesn't really show up as much in the next like two epi- next episode, but like. Episode 6 is when she really shows up and you get to see just how crazy she is. But, um, this was one of those scenes where it was like, hmm, I need to show something team villain. Let's show team villain. <laughs> um, and it, I think that's one of those things where I know that when I was originally writing the show, Obsidian had a lot less lines because he started out having a lot of lines at the beginning and then it just kind of faded away and there'd be like whole episodes he was just not in. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to fix that for the future because, you know, I think the audience wants to know more about the bad guys as no one likes being left in the dark completely. So Certainly I do. Um, and I really like the way Chris plays him. I'm so used to hearing Chris Britton play, you know, light, fluffy characters. It's kind of, you know, cool to hear yeah. this, that he can that he has this range. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, he's just super creepy in this. He's incredibly creepy. Like, every time I hear Chris do lines as, uh, as Obsidian, I kind of shiver. I'm like, ah. <laughs> and and he got a new microphone, like, midway through. I think, like, it was either this episode or next episode, he gets a new microphone, and it just, like, amplified the creepy. Because instead of him sounding a little That's tinny, an extra feature. You he's pay like, extra for that. The extra yeah, you pay button. extra for the, for the extra creep. Um, and then... That was only just a little bit that you get to see of Lilith, but she is, like, just fantastically creeptastic later on, mm-hmm. and she's a fun character. But, um, and then I like this this scene that we're listening to right now, because it was kind of like the first time that he's like, oh yeah, Jada talks to her cat, I think she's going nuts, and everybody's like, you're, you're, you're talking to your cat? What, what the hell, Jaina? Just, just, they're under words, what the hell? So... And then it turns into a giant blowout, as happens with college kids. Cause, and I wrote this while in college, so I think I was mirroring this after, like, some of the numerous fights I'd seen over stupid things. Mm-hmm. Where it's this perfectly normal conversation, and then one person says, like, the one thing you probably shouldn't say, and then the whole thing turns into a bitch fight. Mm-hmm. So, 
But, um... Yeah. Yeah, I think this is one of the first places I was actually... I figured out that Julian and Alexander were the same person. Oh, yeah, you did. You actually, like... I think you emailed me and you were like, Oh, so Julian Alexander's his full name. And I was like, Yeah. You, you didn't know that? And you're like, well, you never had me say it, so I was a little confused. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, no, it's the same guy. Yeah, because sometimes they call him Julian, and sometimes they call him Alexander, and I thought it was like a, you know, it was a mistake where, like, you changed his name part, you know, <laughs> no, in one of the revisions and forgot it in a couple places. No, no, she can stay here. Yeah. No, that is one of those situations where you go, uh, oops, yeah. I think it's because, like, I'm the kind of person that, like, I mean, I, I do what Jaina does, which is when I don't know somebody and I'm just saying their name, sometimes their if their last name sticks out more, that's what I call them. And I think that's just what Jaina was doing. She was like, I'm not going to call him Julian because he's a jerk, so I'm just going to call him Alexander. <laughs> Very mature, Jaina. And so who's playing Natalie and Roxy here? Because I know we've had some flux. Yeah, um, yeah, we did have some flux. This is, uh, the first episode where you will hear Alicia Lane Matheson take over as Natalie. Okay. Um, Shellanne did the first two episodes, and then she's gotten really busy and was having a hard time just trying to keep up with everything. And then, and then she went and had a baby, yay for her! Um, I'm so excited. Sorry, Shellanne and I are, are, are pretty good friends outside of this, so <laughs> she, um, she had to step down, and I was, like, totally okay with that, and, um... Alicia kind of nailed it in the first try that I asked her to try because mm-hmm. her voice is very similar. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's what I need. And then um, we have Tracy Hall playing Roxy. And I really like the combination between having Gina there, who sounds like your typical heroine, and then you have Alicia playing Natalie, who sounds more collected and kind of, you know, kind of this is your friend. And then you have... Tracy playing Roxy, and the thing that I always liked about the way Tracy plays Roxy, she makes her sound kind of urban, gives her a little bit of oomph, mm-hmm. as opposed to the last person I had playing Roxy, who just kind of was blah. Um, and then, I don't know why I used that sound effect. Um, and then, um, yeah, I have to and say, then, it's like, she's going to be displeased when she gets home. <laughs> and finds and finds her can collection knocked over, I think. <laughs> Actually, I can't say anything because Chris had a roommate who had, like, a Dr. Pepper tower going one year. Um, um, so I'll just say that that's what it was. It's a Dr. Pepper tower. <laughs> My students um, do that in our office. We've had to have a word about <laughs> bugs and crumbliness with them about it. Yeah. But, um, and then, like, I think, you know, we have you as, like, our our monotone, not monotone, but, like, our chilled out goth. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic. I feel like I've got... I've got everybody in there but the overly chipper friend, and that's only because I hate overly chipper people. <laughs> Even though I myself am overly chipper, chipper so well, pretty sure you know, we like to think it's the right amount of chipper. <laughs> Thank you. And then, oh God, this is me. <laughs> we'll just fast forward to this scene right here. Um, <laughs> Why would we do that? I know. I, this is one of those scenes where I wrote it, and it sounded great on paper, and then I had to to speak it and went, ah, what did I do to myself? Um, because there's something about doing spells that sounds like profoundly dorky when you're doing it. It sounds really cool, like when it's all put together, but I was like sitting there in my room trying to record this going, this sounds so stupid. Why did I write it like this? This is ridiculous. Well, do you feel that, feel that way now that it's mixed or uh, I think it comes out well? Now that it's mixed, I like it better um, because it makes sense with the overall everything that's going on. Because basically, 
What you're not seeing is that after the first time Asara and Jaina met, they had one more training session together, and Jaina probably mentioned something she shouldn't have, like Obsidian. And so Asara basically told her, go away. Um, and has basically cut Jaina off for the last two episodes, which is why Jaina's like, I don't know why Asara's not answering her phone. And it's part of it is just because she knows that Jaina's about to deal with crap that is going to be tough, and she's pulling away. I don't think Asara knows if she actually wants to be her teacher. So this whole scene worked out much better, because you have, like, Asara focusing on the spells and all, on that side of being a priestess of Avalon, even though she was abandoned and got her powers taken from her, so she's not really, like, the best person to be trying to suck up to the gods right now. Um, and then again, Chris Hackney with his awesome panther voice. Yes, makes yes. me It makes me shiver every time he does that. But, um... And then this is also when I was still trying to figure out Asara's voice. It's like, it's like, I will have days where her voice is spot on, and then I will record it and listen to it and go, no, I don't like it, and have to re-record it, so. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone goes through that when they're figuring yeah. out a character at first. And this is, like, uh, me re-recording, like, a fifth or sixth time, because, like, I had it originally recorded when I did the episode, and then I re-recorded it again for the remix because I wanted to... I wanted to make sure the voice was consistent, and then I changed it again, because I wasn't happy with it the first time I did it, so. And then we have Trisha Wise as Tanya Laramie, who's just adorable, I would like to point out. We heard her last episode, where she and Julian were talking, but she just is, like, so adorable. And she's sitting here like, hey, Julian, maybe you should not go follow the crazy people who shoot lightning. And he's like, I'm fine. <laughs> I got it. I have tires. They insulate my motorcycle. <laughs> no, Julian. <laughs> Fail. Which, on a funny note, I got to see the, uh, I just got to see the character sketch that Dan just did for Julian, and it made me laugh because it's, like, spot on. Um, you guys will get to see that when this episode comes out. You Clearly, mean Dan Schoen, the artist. Yes. Ah, yes. okay, right, cool. Yeah, we chat all the time, so I get to see everything before because that. That's <laughs> special. As is right and proper as the writer and director. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's awesome. It's really cool to see characters that have been in my head forever actually get out on the uh, on the paper now. Mm -hmm. but, I'm I'm waiting for the first Z. I have to admit. Yeah, I I've seen the sketch for Z. It's pretty it's pretty badass, but it just hasn't happened yet. Um. <laughs> And then we have Kim Giannopoulos as Kathy Rossetti, who is our, your, your local reporter, which is, I'm silly, because, and then you have, this is Chris Hackney playing the other reporter, who's John Ladron, and it's just, a, this is hilarious on my part, because I wrote those characters simply because I wanted characters telling the news. Mm-hmm. And then they've taken on a life of their own. Like, they don't, they don't become a huge thing, but it's like, every time there's a news broadcast it's always one of the two of them it's always one of the two of them well it's extra funny because you know you already have julian who's the reporter except like nope we won't use him all the actual news is reported by these other people yeah well i think it's because it's it's i'm, I'm using one of those comic book cliches that you've got the, the newspaper reporter mm -hmm. and we keep talking and you'll, you'll you'll read it in the news all the time now about how the print newspaper is going <laughs> really quick. It's going downhill real fast. 
And so <laughs> I'm kind of ignoring the fact that really no newspaper's dying and and just using the newspaper cliche just cuz I think it's it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And like I said it, you know, it's one of those superhero cliches that in some ways feels necessary. If I didn't have it I'd hate it, I think. Um Jesus, what the hell was that? I love that read of you going, "Jeez." <laughs> kind of lulzy. <laughs> but in a good way. But um Crash Big Boom! Ta-da! Gonna get killed. Boss fight soon. Yeah. I know, it kind of feels like Final Fantasy like, you're just waiting for it. I feel like I should play the appropriate RPG music right now. <laughs> yeah, go like, into battle mode. your ammo! <laughs> there we go. That's, yeah, there that's go. clearly our segue. Yes. And then I will tell you, it's been really hard finding the right pieces for when she does an actual full transformation. Because she doesn't always do a full one. Like, I do have a shortened one that I use a lot. Like, when she's just got to transform and then the main bulk of the action's in the fight. But this this was a really hard piece to find. And I'm still like, every time I'll find the right piece for something and go, oh, wait, I don't know if I like that. (laughs) (laughs) But, yay, she's all transformed. (laughs) And this is the first time we established that she has super strength. I just realized that. This is the first time you saw Because she catches an actual car and then throws it. Because she can fly, she has super strength, although I don't think she realized it until, like, then. Um, And she has the energy blades, and then she can call upon any god she wants. And she has a shield. But... She does kind of have the greatest American hero thing going on, where she doesn't quite know what she... I mean, her... Yeah. Her power she didn't come with a manual. Exactly. And as we'll find out as you continue to go through the series, there's a lot she doesn't know. And there's a lot she continues to not know. She has to fall on a lot of the same, like, crutches over and over again. And then occasionally she will... Something will click, and she'll go, Oh! I can do this, too! And then she'll learn something new. But, um... Yeah, she spends a lot of time going, Kurnidos! And then going, wait, is that all I can do? No, wait, there's got to be more I can do. (laughs) I love that line. Actually, there's a blooper of Laura going, because she was recording this and her her air heater turned on really loudly, and so she's sitting there going, energy blades, energy blasts, cars, water heaters, I can't throw anything at them, and I just lost it. And I, okay, I have to applaud Laura for the awesome the screams hell? of pain. Mm-hmm. Because I actually think I wrote in the script, scream of, oh my MFG, that hurts. And she delivered. And there, there, there's a lot of screaming in my show. But I think it's because I have a sick desire to make everybody scream. That's weird. I probably shouldn't tell people that. You? Nah. <laughs> so who's this playing Belial then? Um, Do you remember? Ooh, uh, Jeff Robinson. I had to look it up really quick. Um, Jeff Robinson, who has done some stuff for Pendant here and there. Um, I have not seen him around lately, but that's only because I don't pay attention to casting calls, as people know. Um, unless I'm the one doing them, I normally don't pay attention. Um, but, um, yeah, no, Je- this was, I think, the first thing I'd ever had Jeff ever did for me, and that was including everything I did on seminar. But uh, he delivered. He brought, like, the right level of smarm in class to this character. Mm-hmm. So. I really liked his voice. I like it, too. I was like, this is really cool. 
So, um, and then poor Julian, he has to be the the poor guy to have to run around with the body of the superhero and go, don't die, don't die, don't die, don't die. Because she went, no hospitals. And he's like, ah, it's the one thing I don't need to hear. <laughs> Door, Tanya. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just listening to the scene because I'm trying to remember what happened and I'm enjoying Quick, Tanya, give me some water and call the hospital. <laughs> no, Joe, I am not ready yet. It's that freak into my apartment. What? First of all, it's our apartment. <laughs> oh, couple fight. <laughs> oh, joy. There is a Dane Cook joke that reminds me of them. They're the couple that stays together basically to hate on each other. Like, they fight. They fight, like, all the time. Although I think the relationship was pretty chill until Avalon showed up. And then Julian had blinders on because it was such a cool thing to have a superhero. Okay, Avalon. Don't worry. I've got another place we can go. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for Trisha in this. I mean, you know, yeah, she's not the... I mean, you know, maybe she's got some flaws. But, yeah, you know, and I mean, and she really, you know, I think what I like too. about... The character of Tanya is that she's normal. I mean, she's just One, the guy's girlfriend. Two, she doesn't three, want to be involved. She doesn't like because I mean, for her, he shows up with this two, like half three, dead super, you know, this half dead vigilante in his arms, and she's one, like, "What are you doing here?" One, with that, two, um, three, are you nuts? Because obviously, if he hurt her, then he's gonna come after the people who are holding on to her. So I mean, you know, she's actually doing what she should do. Gina. But because this is the story about Gina, <laughs> your brain goes, no, let her in. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, or take her to the hospital or the police or, you know, don't make the civilian but, uh, feel. Luckily, there's Bobby, well, who's just well, the sweetest sweetheart oh, no. that ever existed. It's, uh-huh. <laughs> I love a little sequence. Uh-huh. They're like, uh, but, uh. Yeah, Bobby. But, um... I'm just glad that, you know, Bobby answered the door. Um, if not, Julian would have been running around like an idiot, with a, you know, like a chicken with his head cut off trying to figure out what to do with her. But, uh, yeah, so Belial is still out there. Avalon has gotten her butt kicked to the point where she's massively hurt. Um, yeah, it's a great day all around there, folks. Yes, yes. Yeah, and an excellent way to end the episode. Yeah. <laughs> very, very high note <laughs> <deep> there. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so, yes. So that is the end of episode four of Justice Evelyn. We're four months in. Holy crap. Um, so yeah. thank you for everyone for listening. And clearly you must have listened to the episode first before listening to the commentary. Otherwise, you're just silly and you're doing it wrong. Chris Britton as Obsidian. Anyway, um, I suppose we should wrap this up, huh? Tracy Hall is Roxanne Dawes. Marlene yeah, the wrapping up part's pretty good. That's a long episode. I didn't realize it's 20, like 25 minutes long or something. Um, well, good. Good to know it. it you know, it wasn't really short, because, you know, action sequences can sometimes be really short, but no, it worked, I think. So, um, alright, folks, thank you so much for listening. Please continue to listen and find out what happens to Jaina and the rest of the gang in Episode 5, coming out next month. 
This production is so we'll copyright see you in a month. 2009 Pendant Productions. Bye. Genesis Avalon, created Bye. by Catherine Pride. Copyright 2009 Pendant Productions. Yeah. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.